Welcome to Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs, where business expert and success coach Kelsey Matheson teaches you how to massively grow your business, navigate the mind drama that's holding you back, make more money, and acquire the skills and confidence to become unstoppable. Hello, hello, hello. This is Unstoppable Female Entrepreneurs. I am Kelsey Matheson, and this is episode number 28. Well, last week was an interesting week here in Brooklyn. As you may have heard, or as you may remember, depending on when you are listening to this episode, there was a man who set off a smoke canister in the car of a subway here in Brooklyn, and then he started shooting. Now, 29 people were injured, 10 of those people were shot. Amazingly, no one was killed. So here at the Matheson-McCord household, my husband had dropped off our daughter at school and the two of us were going about our day. I was just about to start my workout and I saw a notification come up on my phone saying that there had been a shooting in a Brooklyn subway. And I mentioned it to my husband and we were, you know, we were like, oh, wow. And we had a brief conversation about it. And, oh, wow, that's scary. And, oh, my goodness. And, oh, that's not good. But then I continued to start my workout and he continued to do his work. And about 20 minutes into my workout, I get a text from our daughter saying that they were in full-on lockdown mode at the school and that there had been a school shooting. So... Almost immediately after I saw that, my husband came into the room saying that he had seen our daughter's text, and we started texting her back to clarify what was going on. And I told her there was a shooting at a subway station, and my husband and I turned the news on to see if we could find out more information, because I thought maybe she was referring to the subway shooting. And sure enough, the news was reporting the subway shooting only, you know, nothing about a school shooting. But the man had fled the scene and that all the schools in the area were now in lockdown, basically, for safety. So we texted back and forth with our daughter. We were letting her know everything that we were hearing. And I stayed glued to the TV for any new developments in the situation. And at this time, a few of my friends and family members were getting the news. So they were texting me, wondering if we were close to the shooting and if we were okay. So I was back and forth you know, telling them what I knew, which truthfully wasn't much. And then, I don't know, maybe an hour into all of this, we get a phone call from our daughter's school. And it was a robo call saying, hello, this is school such and such. We are sheltering in place. No one can enter or leave the building. Your child is safe. We will continue to keep you updated through phone call and email or through phone calls and email, whatever it was. And then they said, if you need to contact us, you can call us at, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they stated the phone number. Well, I have to tell you that that made me even more scared. Like for some reason, that cold robo call made me feel more uncomfortable. Like as soon as I hung up, I felt like I just wanted to bawl my eyes out, right? And let me be clear, like intellectually, I knew our daughter was safe. I knew she was probably in the safest place that she could be, you know, if she wasn't with us. And, you know, logically, I also knew that at some point the lockdown would be over. She would come home. Everything would be fine. Like I knew she was in no danger. 
but my brain and my emotions were going crazy. All I could think about was that I didn't have access to my child, that I couldn't go get her, that they wouldn't release her to me, that she was being, you know, quote unquote, forced into being separated from us. And again, intellectually, I knew the situation. I understood why. But emotionally, it was very upsetting. And there were helicopters flying above us in the sky. There was a manhunt trying to find this shooter. The news was on. They were, you know, interviewing people who had experienced, you know, what was going on and had been in the car or in the subway. And my brain just kept offering me these thoughts that were pretty dark. And then, of course, my daughter had originally texted us saying, there's a school shooting. So then my thoughts were, you know, thinking about, what an actual school shooting would look like. And, you know, parents who have said goodbye to their children and then they don't come home. And like the feeling was very real and very close to home through this situation. Even though this scenario was different, my adrenaline levels, I'm sure, were sky high. Cortisol was pulsing through my veins. And look, I'm not a doctor, but my sympathetic nervous system was like in overdrive. So we kept texting with our daughter. Um, I watched the TV as my husband was cleaning in the kitchen kind of nervously. <laughs> and eventually he left the house to run an errand. And then I received another robocall from the school maybe four hours later. And the school notified us that the shelter-in-place order had now been lifted and that we could pick up our children um, now or at the end of the regular school day. Anyway, so I texted my husband, I texted my daughter, because my husband Scott was out, he was actually fairly close to the school, he went to pick her up and and he brought her home. And of course it felt great to have her home, it felt great to be able to have access to our daughter, it felt great for us all to be together. It was a big relief. And it all took place on a Tuesday. So needless to say, I didn't get anything done that day. And of course, that evening, we took it easy, we relaxed, we all snuggled up on the couch together, we watched a movie. So the next two days following that crazy Tuesday ended up being kind of catch-up days for me, hectic catch-up days. I had a bunch of work that I had to catch up on. I was finalizing our taxes, because I had to send all of our information to our accountants. So I had to spend a big chunk of time getting all of that together as well. So on Thursday night, which was two days after the shooting, I was sitting at the dining room table, neck deep in taxes, and everything was annoying me. (laughs) I mean, everything. The guinea pig squeaking, which normally I think is super cute. It was driving me nuts. Everything was bugging me. Even my husband's breathing. (laughs) True story. My amazing, wonderful, loving husband was sitting in the kitchen, minding his own business, and the way he was breathing was driving me up the wall. Like, I could have strangled him. I'm not even joking. (laughs) And I even said to him, you know, I was trying to joke about it. I told him, I don't know what you're doing. Your breathing is driving me crazy. And I admitted, of course, that I was irritable and that everything was bugging me but that his breathing was driving me nuts. And we both laughed. You know, he was a good sport about it. And I thought the fact that I brought some awareness to the situation and even laughed about it would help to just, you know, dissipate my irritability. Mm, Not so much. (laughs) He continued to breathe, as one does, and I continued to seethe. (laughs) So I thought to myself, 
I need to go to bed. Like, this isn't going to get any better. My husband isn't doing anything wrong. I don't really want him to stop breathing. That would be bad, right? I'm obviously in a bad way, and I just need to go to bed. And I knew I had to get our taxes done for our accountants, and I had a ton of work that I was behind on for Anna Maya and for my marketing manager, but I also knew that there was no way I could be productive or effective in what I was doing while I sat there being annoyed and aggravated at absolutely everything. (laughs) What I realized was that I was still coming down from that traumatizing situation, that terrorizing situation, right? I was still coming down from the adrenaline and the cortisol that was pulsing through my body. I was still coming down from being in a true state of fight or flight. And my mind and my body just needed some time to recover. So I went to bed. So how does this relate to entrepreneurship? Well, let's dive into that. What this whole scenario reminded me of was how much we need to take the time for our bodies and our brains to recover, like physically recover from the stress that we experience. We're working so hard and it doesn't always go the way that we plan, right? And we feel frustrated and we feel overwhelmed. A client of mine, we were talking about occupational exhaustion. And I know that there are times when you think that you are never going to catch a break as you build your business. I know, I know that's how you feel sometimes. And I know the disappointment of a launch not going as planned or a goal that you have that you're unable to achieve or not signing up as many clients as you had hoped for, right? And I know that that's different from a man getting on a subway and shooting a gun at people, but it took that last circumstance that I just mentioned to remind myself that I hadn't been prioritizing the time that I need as an entrepreneur to recover. Like we're entrepreneurs and we're mothers and we're partners and we're daughters and we're sisters and we're friends and we're doing all the things. And ladies, if you do not prioritize time to recover, you are creating a steeper climb for yourself. Do you see that? You are creating more work. You are creating more struggle. You are lengthening the time it will take you to succeed. And if I had stayed at that dining room table fearing irritated and aggravated and annoyed, how much farther along do you think I would have gotten trying to get our taxes all sorted out? <laughs> I mean, not very far, right? I probably would have made more mistakes. I probably would have missed stuff. I probably would have taken much longer to do certain things. But recognizing that I needed to sleep, that I needed to just walk away, sped up my success rate of getting what I needed to get done, done. Is this making sense? I hope this is landing. It's so important because I know it's hard in the moment because you're thinking, look, I need to get this stuff done. I have to finish this. I'm so behind. I have to reach my goal. But we need to practice seeing those thoughts that our brain is offering and recognizing that they are not serving us. Something else we have to practice is sitting in the feelings that are coming up when things aren't going our way. When we feel we don't have control, when stuff is happening and we feel it's happening to us. And I know I've talked a lot about this before, right? 
But it's this balance of recognizing that our thoughts aren't serving us and pausing to really feel the emotions that are surfacing and then navigating the steps after that to move forward in alignment and in a way that will support self-care, self-compassion, and self-love. All the things that can be challenging when you're right smack dab in the middle of chaos and uncertainty. So if things aren't going exactly the way you want as you build your business, if there are goals that you are working towards and you feel like no matter what you do, nothing is falling into place, if there's an area of your life or your business where you're thinking, how much longer do I have to endure this? Then I invite you to first sit in the feelings that those thoughts are bringing up without judgment. And that is the key, my friends. Feel the feelings of insecurity, of overwhelm, of not enoughness, of sadness, of defeat, of fear, and just allow them. Allow them like you would allow a child to feel their own feelings. Isn't it funny how we tell kids that it's totally okay to cry, that it's okay to be scared, that it's okay to feel what they're feeling, and not only is it okay, but it's valid and it's healthy. But as grown adults, we judge the heck out of ourselves if we feel like we're not good enough. It's such a double whammy, right? It's like this double-edged sword, like first you don't feel good enough, and now I'm going to shit all over myself for not feeling good enough. What are we doing? <laughs> we need to nurture ourselves. We need to have compassion for ourselves. We need to love ourselves just like we would a child. Because when we can sit in those sucky feelings of not enoughness, it's much easier to see the side of us that does feel like a badass that feels empowered and intelligent and charming and caring and strong. When we can sit in those sucky feelings, we also gain perspective and we're better able to make decisions that will actually take care of ourselves. We're better able to make decisions that will take care of our business, right? Like the night that I wanted to strangle my husband for breathing, <laughs> I mean, I recognized I was irritable. I verbalized it out loud. I communicated, you know, all the weird shit that was going on in my head about how <laughs> the way that he was breathing was driving me up the wall. And look, we had a little laugh about it. And as I continued to bring awareness to it and just sit in the feeling, I was then able to make a healthy choice to just go to bed. Like, imagine how the night would have gone if I tried to resist those feelings, if I tried to make them go away by working harder, or if I judged myself and scolded myself and told myself, look, I have to get this work done. Probably at some point, I just would have lashed out at my husband, you know, yelling at him and projecting all my own shit onto him. Poor guy wouldn't have known what hit him. <laughs> I'm sure he would have been hurt and triggered and then he probably would have gone angry back at me from a place of being hurt. And then I really wouldn't have been able to continue working on my taxes or getting anything done, right? Then I would have gone to bed even more stressed. And now I'm ruminating about our fight and how I was upset and how he was upset. And so that's not restful. You get the idea, right? And I'm sure many of you listening can relate, <laughs> 
right? <laughs> I mean, we've all had really dumb fights with the ones that we love because we were neck deep in resistance instead of fully embracing our feelings, instead of fully embracing acceptance. As we build our businesses, the practice of embracing acceptance is everything. So with a gunman on the loose in New York and my daughter's school is on full lockdown, I needed to embrace accepting that I went into high alert. I needed to embrace accepting that I need to feel the feelings of uncertainty and terror and that I need to embrace accepting that my body needed time to recover from that experience. Do you see how it's not just about changing your thoughts? Because I know I've talked a lot about that, you know, in these episodes before. But during that experience, I was having thoughts that she was safe. I was having thoughts that everything would be fine. I was having thoughts that she would be home soon. And then part of me was also spinning in uncertainty and spinning in fear. And that's okay. That's a normal response as a mother. I'm not going to scold myself for having thoughts that are creating feelings of uncertainty and fear. I'm not going to force myself to try and change my thoughts. Change your thoughts, Kelsey. <laughs> your daughter's in lockdown. Those thoughts aren't serving you. And look, I know in the coaching world, we say it all the time, practice trying on some new thoughts. What are some thoughts that will serve you? Why are you choosing to think the thoughts that are keeping you stuck? And look, there is a time and a place for all of that. But what I'm saying is that there's also a time and a place to feel absolutely freaking terrified. And that's okay. It's a natural response, right? And sitting in that feeling of terror or sitting in that feeling of fear or sitting in that feeling of not having control, of uncertainty, it's not going to stop you from achieving the life that you want. It's not going to stop you from being a badass, right? If anything, allowing yourself to feel those feelings, embrace them and accept them will help you get to where you want to go. It will help you to see what's really going on. It will help you to make decisions that are going to serve you and also serve your well-being. Is this making sense? So if you have any questions, you know that you can always reach out to me at KelseyMatheson.com. That's my personal email address, Kelsey at KelseyMatheson.com. So if you have any questions or if there are any topics that you want me to dive into more deeply, please feel free to shoot me an email and let me know. And before I sign off for today, my question for you this week is this. What emotions are you trying to resist feeling? Or what emotions do you have a tendency to resist feeling? Right? That question is a really good question for you to journal about. I'm telling you, it's juicy, it's revealing, and the more you write the more your brain will offer and the more insight that you'll have. And then from that, the more awareness you'll have. So you'll notice it when the resistance starts to happen. You'll recognize it. You'll be like, oh, it's not my husband's breathing. <laughs> That's driving me batshit crazy. It's the fact that I'm trying to resist this uncertainty and lack of control. But the problem is because I'm resisting it, then the more I'm spinning. And then the more out of control I feel, right? I'm trying to gain control 
by working. If I work, maybe I can control things. So I'm trying to gain control by working, by getting my taxes done. But that's me in full-on resistance mode, right? So instead, I just want to accept the feelings of uncertainty. I just want to sit in the feeling of not having control. Does it feel good? No. (laughs) But do I die sitting in it? No, I don't, right? And resistance is actually just going to make those feelings linger. It's going to make them last longer. That's what a panic attack is. It's you resisting, 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 resisting until your body's just like, ah, you're going to explode. If you actually just sit in those feelings, then the panic attack can't take hold because you're not resisting it. You're accepting it. So there's nothing to panic about, right? So here's the other thing. Is accepting the feelings of uncertainty or not having control or overwhelm or whatever, you know, terror, fear, is accepting those feelings in turn going to help me? Oh yeah, absolutely. So accepting the feelings of, let's say, feeling out of control will actually help me gain control. Do you see that? That's the paradox. I'm not accepting them to change anything. I'm truly accepting them to feel them, to process them, to bring awareness to them without judgment. But by doing so, it all shifts, and then I'm able to gain control. Do you see? All right, I know that was a lot. <laughs> I feel like your brain might be like, uh, what? <laughs> what? What? What are you talking about? Listen to this episode again, right? I know it might be a lot. You might be like, Kelsey, my brain hurts. I know, it's okay, right? This is an episode that you can come back to over and over and over again to help you process this stuff. When stuff comes up, listen to this episode. When you're feeling that resistance, listening to this episode. When you feel like nothing is working, listen to this episode. It'll help you process all of that. Because the stuff is going to continue to come up. As you build your business, there will be more and more stuff to process, right? This entrepreneurial journey is never ending. (laughs) So mark this episode as one to come back to. And the more you listen to it, the more it'll land, the more insight you'll have, the more you'll be able to catch yourself. All right. Thank you again for listening. Thank you again for all your lovely reviews. I appreciate it so much. And if you haven't signed up to watch the five keys to breaking the 10K code, please do. It's a free training. I'm very proud of it. You can find it in the link in the show notes, or you can go to my website, kelseymatheson.com. And when you go to my homepage, you can scroll down the homepage and you'll see a little section that says featured training, 10K code. You can click on that, sign up, take the training, put all the tools you learn into use because I'm telling you, it will help you to become an unstoppable entrepreneur. All right, have a great week and I look forward to connecting with you next time. All right, ciao for now. Hey, if you'd like a weekly dose of motivation, inspiration, and actionable tips to grow your business while managing all the things, then you need to get on my email list. Just head over to KelseyMatheson.com to join my list. And while you're there, check out the awesome free content I give away. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share with other female entrepreneurs who need some love and support. And of course, if you haven't already, I would be so grateful if you subscribe, rate, and review my show on your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening and I look forward to connecting with you next week.